Good morning, everybody. What's cooking? What's good? Happy Friday. Welcome to episode 134 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and uh, thanks for being here. Today, my guest is Steve Raboyne from Raboyne Design Co. in Hartford, Connecticut. During this episode, we talk about his small town childhood where he admits he was not a great student. We then talk about his time in the Marine Corps and what that taught him, what he learned and picked up from that. Talk about life with a side hustle. We also get into the influential sort of group he's a part of and the conference that he experienced that uh, really changed things for him. We also get into what it's like to sort of hold a printed piece in your hand that you designed after all that time and how that feeling will never go away, whatever feeling it is. You'll have to listen. We also get into the challenges of having that side hustle be almost enough to replace your day job and just sort of teetering and balancing on that edge and um, you know trying to make the decision if you're going to go all in or not or make that jump. Steve also tells us about the brewery project that he was a part of where he built the brand guidelines, all the cans, like right from the ground up, he just built and created this thing and how it was a project that he's so proud to have been a part of. It wasn't a super high paying job, but it just felt awesome to be able to touch all of those points in that business. That and so much more in this episode. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Steve Raboyne. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Steve Raboyne, how are you, sir? Good. How are you, Dave? Doing great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I'm glad we could connect. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, inviting me. So you jumped great. out of work. You sprinted home just to make it back for this. I did, like a bat out of hell. <laughs> so you must be ready for Blame a quickie me. then. You were anticipating the quickie. Yes, yes. Perfect. I was ready. My body is ready. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, my name is Steve Raboyne. I live outside of Hartford, Connecticut, and I am a graphic designer. I kind of focus on logo design. Uh, craft beer is kind of a big part of my life right now. Um, but yeah, branding, the branding drinking strategy. or designing? Both. both. <laughs> All of the above. I, mean, I, I design until I have to stop and drink to just like chill out. But Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Started it started as a fun thing, but you know, I don't know. Work and hobbies sometimes can get crazy. Love it. Um, so Raboyne Design Co., how long yep. has that been going for? Um, I've been doing the side hustles since right out of design school, 2009, but I uh-huh. I just changed to Raboyne Design Co. like in May or June or something, so pretty recently. Okay, what was it before, if you don't mind me asking? It was Steve Raboyne Graphic Design. Got it. So I set it up like right out of school. They're like, just make it your name and go from there, and I kind of never went back to kind of adjust things after like <laughs> 10 years, and I was like, yeah. I better change some stuff. Let's freshen it up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Got it. Okay, so you're doing that on as your side hustle, the freelance gig. What are you doing full time? Yep. 
Uh, I make, all right, uh, educational video content for healthcare providers to nice. reduce risk. It's like lawyers talking to doctors, like how to reduce like malpractice lawsuits. So sexy. <laughs> that is gorgeous. It's how incredible. the hell did you stumble into that? <clears throat> well, um, uh, let's see. Hmm. I was a designer at an agency right out of school for a while. And then I got a job. I left there and went to a hospital. Uh-huh. Um, and I was working in-house in their marketing department for a while. And I went and grabbed my master's degree in communications. Met a kid there that worked at this agency or this insurance-ish company now. And they needed a bunch of help with design and video editing. He knew me from the program. They brought me over. So they need to help like revamping video content mostly. Got it. So do you do a lot of video content still or is it mostly like for your for your side hustle, your freelance or do you do exclusively graphic design for that? Uh, right, exclusively graphic design for the side. Perfect. I almost like don't even like video anymore because mm-hmm. have you ever had to do any like training videos before? Like job mandated, like you must watch this. Watch this, yeah. Like, you know, like you hate watching those. Like you hate them, right? Yep. Like you're like, yep. you're creating yeah, those all day. I make those, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> as much as you hate doing those, like I'm making those and watching them each like 800 times. So beautiful. There's that. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kick it back even further than that, and I want to get sure. into your childhood. We're gonna crack it open. All right. Um, and I want to know it's only what, 30 minutes. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so keep it brief. Just the horrible things. Okay. Um, okay. What was your childhood like, and do you feel that you had a creative childhood that led you down this career path? Um, I had the like, I guess like all American childhood. I'd say like I lived in a small town, super mm-hmm. small town. Um, my dad was like a carpenter. Um, I was super artistic as a kid. I was always drawn to like drawing comic book characters and, um, just doodling. Like I was a horrible student. I did not (laughs) do well at anything. Um, but like drawing and art, uh, I don't know if I necessarily had a very creative upbringing, uh, my dad was very like against it sometimes. Like he's like, you really? got to get a real job someday. Cause art, it, it, like he thought art was going to be like me, like painting, yeah. um, for no money. So he thought like, no, you have to get like a real job and blah, blah, blah. Um, my mom was super supportive of it. Um, I don't, when did I find design? Is that was a part of the, was that part of the question? Yeah, we're going to get there, but you already, oh, okay. you're, you're there. No, I want to, um, you know, sort of continue this. So your mom supported the drawing and did that drawing just evolve into going to art school or how did that transition happen? No, it, it's funny. It was kind of a long, long windy trail. Um, I did, like I said, I did art. I sucked at school. They said, my parents were like, you need to go to college. So I went for illustration because art was easy for me. Like drawing was, I'd won awards and was pretty good at that stuff. Um, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and I graduated in 2000, went to our small local college for illustration. And then I was just taking night drawing classes and, you know, drinking too much and not <laughs> really want, knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. Uh, and then 9-11 happened like a year into my second or after, in this my third semester. And I was like, well, I'm a kind of a loser. I am poor. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like 
was raised on like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Rambo and stuff. So I'll go be a tough guy. And I joined the military. So I was in Marine Corps for four years. Uh, towards the end of that um, enlistment, I was like, well, I need to get the hell out of this because this is way worse. <laughs> um, and I, I looked at going back to school and I discovered graphic design. I was like, oh, this is an art thing, but I can actually get a job. I'm going to do that because I had already completed a lot of the prereqs um, in the illustration program. So I went back and continued with uh, graphic design. So, Got it. Well, before I move on to the design sure. thing, I want to quickly just touch on that Marine Corps. Looking back now, what do you think being in the Marine Corps taught you? Did it teach you anything that you can apply to what you do now? Oh, yeah. Uh, how to be miserable all the time. <laughs> um, and just like eat like heaps upon heaps of crap all the time um, and just suck it up and keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just take a pounding and still keep walking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mi- mission accomplishment is one, like getting things done no matter what. Um, so like meeting deadlines is yeah. like the end all be all of everything. And then, you know, having to stay up all night to finish something is not a big deal. Um, being brutally honest with myself um, and not you know, like sugarcoating things like, uh-huh. and like fooling myself to thinking something's great when it really isn't. Uh-huh. So those are the things. So yeah, okay. yeah. definitely, you know, <laughs> good and bad applicable to your current uh, gig. <laughs> right. So then what, uh, when was that moment where you first started noticing design out in the world? That's that question where we want to get into that. You know, I'm like a really slow learner. I always tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm really dumb. Um, <laughs> Like, even when I was in design school, I never noticed design. Like, I always liked illustration. Like, even now, like, I'm drawn towards, like, illustrators and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it didn't start clicking till when I was, like, late in the graphic design program. Like, oh, that's design. Like, I I don't know. Like, I always, like, was drawn towards, like, you know, heavy metal and punk rock aesthetic and, like, comic books and nerd and Star Wars. And I didn't really know why I liked that stuff, but I was never really drawn to like that high-end design, like the New York fashion European look, like, because it wasn't like, I didn't grow up looking at that stuff. I, it, uh-huh. Like I said, I grew up in such a small town where like, I don't think I ever noticed design now driving around. I'm like, holy hell, this place looks like crap, uh-huh. everything. Um, oh, man. I think it just started clicking, I think probably my senior year when like I had a really good professor that was like, look at all this stuff. And I was like, a, you know, a, like a layout. And I was like, I didn't even know I could do that. Okay. And now I get it. And then things started to click. And even now, like even now, like I'll work on things and I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? I'll see somebody else's work and I'll get inspired by it or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even really know if I answered that question. Yeah, it was really <laughs> sort of the, the, the moment where you're, professor and what grade was that where the professor pointed that out to you i think it was like my last semester uh in design Uh i was i they had like a uh, internship internally in the program where seniors they worked as like we were a uh, a design studio Uh and we took actual like client work from the university so like if like the athletics department needed some like brochures or something or there was an event we would design things and they would come to us and we would run it like a real meeting they would run through budgets and printing and all that stuff and um you know that was she was like super seasoned Uh, i think she was like pratt and like 
studied abroad and knew, just knew a ton of stuff. So like mm-hmm. she was able to get like that attention. Um, and she just like showed us like really cool stuff that I'd never seen before. Like taking us to like print shops and stuff and looking at really nice printed pieces and stuff that she had done and things that she had collected over the years, like stuff that like most of the other students in the program really didn't get, um, given to them. You know what I mean? That's cool. So, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So she saw a little something in your little talent uh, and just wanted to really embrace that and grow that, foster that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I mean, I, I wasn't even that good of a student then because I, I had left the military and I went back and I was like 25 with a bunch of like 18 and 19 year olds and I had like a chip on my shoulder and I was like, I know what I'm doing. And, <laughs> you know, like no one could tell me what to do and that, until she was like, okay, look, dude, look at this. I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. Got it. You know what I mean? Cool. Okay. So then now, Steve, I want to ask you if you have something that stands out to you as the most influential design of your life so far, something you saw when you were younger and it's just stuck with you, or maybe it's a project that you've been a part of where you learned so much that it just pointed you, you know, in a certain path. Oh, man. I don't know if there's a project I've been part of that's been influential mm-hmm. um i think there's i've done so much like boring insurance and healthcare work that it's kind of pushed me into like where i want to go i don't <laughs> know if that makes any sense i would say uh, uh, there's a couple things i would say influential um one would be um being part of chris's group that i think we talked about before the show mm-hmm. uh chris so um i don't know he's he that guy's super smart and has a lot of really good information for mm-hmm. designers I think should check that guy out. And then two, I had gone to this, um, crop con, con um, conference last year mm-hmm. and like running into a lot of people that are very similar to me. Um, you know, work on a side hustle and try to do a lot of stuff, making their own things, printing, you know, patches and shirts and stuff like that. I think that was sort of influential. Um, as far as like thinking about like what I can do for myself versus always doing, work for other people um so far i think that's those are the two biggest things that have happened to me in the last five years i'd say Mm -hmm. that have kind of turned me around um i haven't really had a whole lot of luck with like creative mentors i've never had a really like good like creative director or art director um as i was coming up so i'm really like really just like figuring all of it out all the time like Mm -hmm. i have no idea what i'm doing pretty much ever (laughs) <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like the solid humility. So then do you think because your day job it doesn't really allow for a lot of creative expression, is that why your brand, your personal brand for your freelance gig that has such a strong brand and is sort of almost a complete contrast from that clean healthcare world? Yeah, I think that. And I think, you know, I think all of us, we're all trying to like develop that like tone of voice or like mm-hmm. that creative style. Like people like oh, can point out like that's a draplin piece or that's a uh, signal noise did that or, you know, uh, Orlando Aracena did that piece or, or hydro seven, four. Everyone's trying to get that. Like when you look at the work, you know exactly who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the best way to do that is to like really like know who you are and where you came from and kind of like, you know, I feel like I'm like a chef, like trying to repurpose some weird concoction of food that their grandmother used to cook for them. Like, I feel like it's like a kind of a going back to like that, yeah, like salt of the earth 
like childhood I had. You know, my dad was a carpenter. I spent like years doing carpentry and digging pools and jumping on shovels. And I looked at like power tools and stuff like that. You know, it has that like kind of like rough, gritty feel to it, Mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, the complete opposite of this like super polished, you know, legal speak and guys in suits and doctors who are like super high thinkers above everyone. Um, I mean, that that work is fine, right? Like Mm -hmm. they have money and it it pays the bills, but it's like that's not like who I am as a person. Yeah, it doesn't get you excited. No, not at all. Um, And just like, you know, trying to find your voice and trying to find an audience that likes what you want to do, Mm -hmm. I think is really cool. And if if anyone can do that, I think, I mean, that's the end goal, right? Like to pay to do like your style of anything is kind of cool. Yeah. Get paid to do what you enjoy, what makes you feel good regardless. Mm -hmm. For sure. Right. Um, Steve, I want to ask who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow and what about them do you like? Um, I really love like Lincoln, Lincoln design. Mm -hmm. Like they have like basically all the things I'm saying, but like there's, they're just, everything looks so perfect that they do. And they work with some really cool things. Mm -hmm. Uh, they do like really cool brands and stuff like that. Um, you know, I follow, I said, Chris, I follow a lot of Chris, not so much for like the design stuff, more for like the mindset and just the knowledge, like money talking to people like being mm-hmm. a human like business bespeak i follow that like almost religiously because man it doesn't matter if you're the best at like sitting in a hole drawing these amazing pictures but can't talk to people you know it's kind of a waste of time um, <laughs> you got to be able to get it out there and feel comfortable you know sharing it and, and that too right Right. And like even like knowing how to hold your own in a business conversation or how to price your stuff or, or like correctly or like write a freaking proposal. Like there's a lot that goes into like trying to make this type of work of a, a legit business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot that they don't t- teach you in like design school. It's like how to make, yeah, yeah, your kerning and letting is perfect, but you can't like write a, co- you know, a coherent email. Then what the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and then there's the other designers. I don't know if they're designers or artists, but the guys I mentioned, like Signal Noise, I love that guy. Um, Orlando Arocino, Mexifunk on Instagram, he's awesome. Hydro Seven Four is great. Um, I don't know why they they do, they've like they do tons of like Star Wars stuff and movie posters. Um, I would call them more illustrators than than designers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great ones. Super solid name drops. Um. Steve, I want to now get into asking you about print and print design in your career. Sure. Um, how have you utilized print in your career? And are there, do you have any stories around printer packaging from projects recently? Yeah, I mean, most of my side hustle is in print um, with cool. craft beer. I do like, I just finished like a huge rush. I did like ten beer labels between the beginning of September and the uh, now. Wow. Um, yeah, I I've got about 5 breweries that I work with on a ongoing basis. So like print I do tons of print work. I've always done a lot of print work. I've done a lot of like collateral business collateral annual reports, ad ads and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so when you go from designing something and seeing it on screen to actually holding the physical label or product in your hand, what does that feel like? What's that like? Oh, it's rad. It's awesome. It's um it's cool because, like I said, the, the I have five breweries and they're all like local here. So like, 
I'll go to like basically any liquor store or, or supermarket where they're they have them on the shelves and like my kids will play a game like which ones did you do and <laughs> you know you can walk into any liquor store in Connecticut and there's easily a, you know a dozen that I've, I've done <laughs> at this point that's cool um, yeah I've got like a wall of them in my room here do you think that feeling will ever get old getting the printed piece in your hand for the first time no nope even like when a project sort of you know, when I do like a, a, a series of labels or like I present a few different options and they pick the one I like the least, like yeah, at the end of the day, it's still kind of cool to have like, you know, I made this and then, you know, here's a check and a case of beer that I designed. It's kind of, it's kind of neat. That's cool. People are super pumped about it for some reason too. Like yeah. not design people, you know what I mean? Like it's always cool to go to a party and be like, oh, here's a four pack of beer I designed. That's cool. It's a good, it's a good conversation starter. <laughs> That's awesome. You yeah. see somebody, you know, in line at the liquor store or supermarket trying to, you know, going to buy it. You tap them on the shoulder, be like, "Hey, bro, I I designed that." <laughs> I mean, I'm not that. You know. <laughs> not that. Maybe not that forward. That's a little bit douchey, but like, you know, like people I know, <laughs> or I'll tell them, "Hey, man, I got to put my kids through college, so you should buy that brand right there." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Um, Steve, the next stuff I get into is the tough stuff that, you know, okay. parts of your career where you've learned some lessons, made some mistakes, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Sure. Um, so what's been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? I feel like the whole thing's been a challenge, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many days where I'm like, I wish I was a freaking plumber. Like I'd be making so much more money. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you know like it's gonna be 500 bucks for me to show up to your house and then it's 200 bucks every hour after that yeah and people are like yeah okay where i'm like oh please can i give something reasonable and they're like oh i can get somebody from fiverr to do this for nothing anyways um <laughs> i would say like right now is a bit of a challenge because i'm like on that weird spot where like i've gotten quite a bit of work and i've got some a nice client base but it's uh-huh. like almost enough where I can make the jump, but not enough. And I'm at that point where like I have to do a lot of work on the side and maintain the day job. So it's like super stressful and hectic. Uh Um, and like, so that's super tough. Um, and then trying to level up, like I've had a lot of like local smaller clients and I'm trying to get to that next level where I can start playing with folks that have like some serious money Uh and I can maybe do less work Mm-hmm. with bigger clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that requires a lot more work outside of just designing things. Yeah. That's that sales. Man. Like, yeah. It's sales, like writing like really tight proposals and like knowing how to navigate, you know, budgets and timelines and stuff like that. So like it, it's always been a struggle, but like the struggles change mm-hmm. in, a, in a different way. So like right now I'm, that's the struggle. It's like, okay, I'll spend a week writing a proposal. I'll send it out and I won't hear anything. Mm-hmm. So that's like, ugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, you so put a lot into that, right? Yeah. So when you say sort of leveling up and getting those bigger clients, you know, you're talking about like good brands, like nice brands that are out there doing cool stuff and you want to be part of that. I mean, ideally that would be awesome. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of companies out there that no one's heard of that have money to spend. Definitely. Like, so, I would love to shirt Nike to call, but like, the odds of that happening are probably pretty slim. But maybe, like, you know, some other weird shoot company that no one's ever heard of, maybe they've got a decent budget. 
Yeah, well, we'll tag Nike and a couple of others in the Instagram post for this episode. See if we can't pull you in. All right, man. Yeah, my fee's ten percent. Just so you, know. you got it. <laughs> Perfect. Right, do you have um? Do you have a LinkedIn profile? Are you on LinkedIn? Yeah. Yep. I've been pretty heavy over there too. Sweet. Um, yep. Awesome. Good to hear because that's a place where you know it's underutilized by creatives right now. Yeah, I, I um I notice a out of all of them right now, I think that that yeah that one is is where I'm starting to put a lot more attention because most of my audience everywhere else is designers and it's fine, but like another designer is not going to call me and hire me for something. Usually, they're asking me how to do something or mm-hmm. to take a look at something. Yeah, the beauty of LinkedIn is you can you know find out who exactly the person is you want you need to connect with at, you know, whatever company that you want to do business with. Right. You know, whatever head offices are doing cool stuff, you know, in your local area, you can find out exactly who to connect with in seconds on LinkedIn. Reach out to them, make sure your profile is set up to be unique enough to align with them and their customer's message. And dude, lights out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually seen, I started posting like some rando made up stuff that I post on Instagram over there. And I, I've been getting, bringing some more traction there than, than, than Instagram for sure. Awesome. Um, Steve, I want you to tell us now about a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah. Um, I would say the most recent one would probably be, uh, go back to beer, I guess, because that's, I'm in beer, the beer world right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I had done a beer label recently, maybe about a year or two ago for a client. And, you know, we go back and forth, you know, there's design changes, then there's like, yeah, it has to get submitted to the TTB, which is like the governing body that approves labels to make sure you're not selling to kids and you're making like (laughs) false claims, like this is going to cure your heart problem, whatever. So everything is approved. And I, Then it comes back and um, my client says, hey, you sent me the wrong label and it got printed. I printed like 5,000 of these things and there's something wrong with it. The, the, oh, the wrong UPC was on there. That, that was the issue. And I'm like, okay, well, how did, how did they get the wrong UPC? Because I haven't even sent you the final print file. So like my client had sent an early PDF off to the printer oh. without – so. That was a bit of a debacle. Um, I ended up, the, I, I ended up bending over and kind of like splitting the difference with him for a reprint. Uh-huh. Um, even though I didn't, I don't think I was in the wrong. But he was worth a quite a bit of money that year, so I kind of just ate it. Yeah, it's kind of that you know split the difference, you know, to to build the relationship. That's what it's about, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that client was worth sixty grand over the course of a year. So uh-huh. I mean, to buy eat like. I don't know, 1200 bucks in the long run. It wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it goes, goes a long way for the client there. So, you know, that's painful upfront to have to deal with that, you know, especially with the feeling you're like, man, I did nothing to cause this, um, you know, stepping up like that, that goes a long way with the customer for sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, even now, like I'll have like heart palpitations with like, I get a text or a call out of nowhere from him. I'll be like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god what did i do <laughs> yeah yeah so i have like super like rain man like add craziness about checking making sure that everything's tight i'm like do not 
this is not print ready in my emails and bold. Like this is not print ready. This yeah. is not for print. Yeah. Okay. This is for print. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You've been through it yeah. once. You, you learn sort of the, the processes to avoid it again. Yeah. Um, what's something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Um, getting, I would say leveling up, trying to get like yeah. big, bigger, better things. Like I have like, people want a $50 logo from me all day long. Um, but to try to that and just trying to manage my time, um, uh-huh. with the side thing and the day job, cause there's like so much, so much I need to do to make it work on the side that it's like, ah, oh, some days I'm just like getting him in the car to go to work. And I'm like, Oh, like you got so much to do at home. Yeah. Like I should be working on a proposal. Like this is really hindering me from, I don't know, updating my website or, you know, meeting people for lunch. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? There's just like, that's the battle right now. It's just like, there's so much to do and so little time. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's some days I'm just like, I just want to burn it down <laughs> 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 and just like watch movies on Netflix. Yeah. There you go. Check out, <laughs> check out and binge. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay, I'm going to turn this bus around. Steve, tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. The one that makes your heart sing, brother. Okay. Um, Let's see. I've got a few. Um, I guess I'll go with the... uh, There's another brewery here in in Manchester, Connecticut that opened up... um, they didn't have a huge budget. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't. Have, they wanted to release some cans. They didn't really know what to do. Um, they had this really cool D and D heavy metal Greek mythology sort of vibe, uh-huh. and uh, I helped them come up with their their complete lineup, um, the, their can lineup, their the branding template for like how all their labels will look. <clears throat> we de- developed a system for like all the characters and how they'll look on the labels. Um, you know, super tight budget, super friendly guys. Um, so that was super fun. It was like getting down to know like who they are, what they want to be known for, what they want to look like and portray themselves. Like they had this whole, like their, their whole angle was they wanted each can to look like it could be the artwork for a heavy metal album. Uh-huh. So that's sort of the, the, the lens that we put on this thing. And it's really cool to like get in on the beginning to like, have help these guys go from like nothing to you know 15 different looks and you know they have these i don't know it's it's really i think some of the best work i've done in the craft beer industry anyways that's cool so that's one of those projects where it's not going to be the highest paying job that you're you know working on and going to be a part of but you got to build that brand from the ground up and help them develop what it looked like and do the cans so it's you know, you kind of touched all points of it and, you know, it's just good to be a part of something like that. Yeah, totally. And it's really cool to like, you know, like listen to somebody and turn around and give them like exactly how, you know, the the biggest important, most important thing about uh, being a designer is like trying to like decipher what it is, like somebody, what their problem is or what they're trying to say. Cause a lot of times non-design people can't articulate and then, understanding what they're trying to say and giving uh-huh. them what what they want even though they they're not they might not be saying it in the exact perfect words uh-huh. um i think that's really our job and i think it's awesome to actually be able to click with somebody and give them what they want and what they need 
into something that's actually pretty, you know, successful, I think. Awesome. So well said. Yep. Trying to decipher that, you know, when they don't have the right words or really clear explanation of what it is that they're looking for, but trying to pull that out of them. Yeah. It's an I mean, it's, it's tough sometimes, but yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> awesome. Steve, you have reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. So I've got a question for you from my last guest. Um, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. Okay. So my last guest was Laura Beauparlon. I want to make sure I get her last name right. Beauparlon. She is from Toronto, Ontario, uh, founder and creative director of Lab Creative, an agency there. She's also a keynote speaker, author of a book called Brand Chemistry. Um, so I had a great interview with her and she... Uh, part of her interview was talking about how print and the business card is still super relevant to her. And she put a lot of time and money into her business card to create a, you know, a printed tangible impact piece. And what's come from that is a whole bunch of conversations, um, you know, a wicked conversation starter for one. And, um, you know, something that gets talked about even after she's not there because it's such a cool card. So she wanted to ask, do you think the business card is dead? Do you think print is dead? No, absolutely not. I actually just had a bunch of stuff made up. Um, I have a had a bunch of cards made up. I had some enamel pins made up, and I used my business card as like the pin backer. Uh-huh. So I put the pin in there, and then I send those out like plastic wrap them. I, I'm doing like I put made hats, shirts. Like I'm I'm I, I love print stuff, man. I have. My like office is like a disaster with all the crap I've collect. <laughs> Stickers, everything. Now you're a collector. Yeah. Yep. You can call it that. That's awesome, man. Um, a hoarder. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you can call, call it call it what you want, right? Call Buried it what alive, you want. man. <laughs> if there is ever an earthquake here, I am done. All of the, all the posters. Um, Luckily, we don't get those up here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm on the west coast. We get them. Oh, okay. Um, what's your question, Steve, for the next guest? Oh, man. I wish I had something hilarious, man. I'm not that funny. I wish I was. Um, <laughs> this is totally stupid, I guess. Um, everyone has, like, that guilty pleasure, like, when it comes to music, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's might might be some, like, awful band that the world hates, <laughs> but you love it, right? Yeah. So I would say... What is that horrible, horrible band that society hates that you love so much? I love that question. Steve, you know I'm going to ask you. What's yours? All right. This is, gonna, this is horrible. I, I love like a lot of that like early, uh, 2000s, early 2000s crap. Um, what is that, like new metal? So like bands like Seether or like uh, yeah. Chevelle. What about Chevelle that. Default? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just be like screaming that in my car or like, <laughs> okay. it's so horrible. Like okay. it's such crappy music. <laughs> I want to hear what you think about this one then. Um, do you remember Creed? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Dude, I love Creed. I had all of their albums. And now when I put Creed on in the car with the wife and kids, my wife immediately looks at me and goes, nope. <laughs> I changes it. My own prison, man. That was like huge when I was in high school. Dude, like, my higher? Can you take me? <laughs> that was so good. Oh, that's funny. 
Steve, that's the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. I can't think of a better way to finish. Well, thank you very much. Hey, thank you for sure. your time, man. It's been great connecting. I'm glad we could uh, we could make it all work. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't had an opportunity to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for the show, please take 60 seconds and do that now. I would really appreciate it. And uh, other than that, have a fantastic weekend. Bye.